Welcome to the Gridiron Goodies Podcast. I am your host, as always, Stephen Scott. On today's episode, I will preview the remaining games on the Week 10 slate. I'll do some thinking out loud as I discuss this week's betting strategy and my best bets. Then, before we part ways, I'll throw out a little fantasy football advice. All coming up on this Week 10 full preview. I'm hoping that the dud of a game that was this last TNF matchup was a bit of a sacrificial lamb to the football gods. Maybe we will be gifted with some wacky endings. As it sits right now, on paper at least, this slate is looking a little top-heavy. Good thing we have our watchable games list. I'll start off with what is probably the biggest matchup of this week, the 5-3 Cleveland Browns take on the 7-2 Baltimore Ravens at home. Baltimore enters this game as 6.5 point favorites. It's pretty well known at this point that both of these teams have outstanding defenses. Neither team allows yards or points through the air or the ground. If your quarterback holds on to the ball a little too long, both of these teams will find a way to sack you. If said quarterback throws errant passes, both of these secondaries will nab a takeaway. This game is going to come down to which offenses and coaches make the right adjustments at the right time. On the outside, the Ravens' offense seems simple. Run the ball when you can, and when you can't, throw to Mark Andrews until you can't. Rinse and repeat. While seemingly trivial, Harbaugh and his staff have always done a great job at doing the same thing, but in an unexpected way and moment. This isn't the Ravens' first rodeo, so to speak. Baltimore enters this game relatively healthy, but Cleveland does not. They are without both starting tackles. Added to the already big loss of Nick Chubb, the Browns' offense may be in for a bad time, especially against Odafe Owe and this pass rush of the Ravens. The Browns will most likely try to stick to the ground game like they usually do as a counter, but I feel like Michael Pierce will have a good game here. In passing situations, they'll likely need to rely on their tight ends in the middle underneath, especially with the tight coverage on the outside. Last game, I predicted that Geno Stone would come away with a pick, and in this one, I think they strike again, but this time, I feel like it's going to Brandon Stevens. Overall, I feel like Miles Garrett and the outstanding defense of the Browns won't be able to overcome the turnovers that their offense will likely have. I'm taking Baltimore to come away with a win in this one. Moving on to another great matchup, we have the 6-2 Jacksonville Jaguars playing host to the visiting 5-3 San Francisco 49ers. The Niners enter this game as 3.5 point favorites. The individual matchups in this game are going to be great to watch. There's a ton of good-on-good battles going on here. Chase Young, alongside Nick Bosa, on this already ridiculous defensive line of the Niners, should be awesome to see. They face an offensive line and a quarterback, though, who are pretty good at creating just enough space to make a positive play happen. On the other hand, we have Josh Allen, Trevon Walker, and the defensive line of the Jaguars, who have dominated at times. They face an offensive line of the Niners, who will get back Trent Williams at a seemingly great time. Both of these running back versus linebacker matchups are going to be great to watch. Christian McCaffrey against Foye Aluakun, whom I seem to highlight in every Jaguars game, and Travis Etienne against Fred Warner. 
Will we get another Warner windup? The matchups on the outside are where we may see some separation. The Niners secondary have struggled as of late. Expecting short throws to Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram, and outside runs by Etienne, and occasional scrambles by Trevor Lawrence, the Niners could get exposed by Calvin Ridley and Lawrence in the deep game. On the flip side, the underrated secondary of the Jaguars will have their hands full with the return of Debo Samuel on this offense. This game is extremely hard to pick. I feel this may be the most evenly matched game of the week. I think San Francisco's offense has too many weapons to defend all game. Someone is going to break free eventually. Ultimately, I'm going to pick the Niners for the win. Up next, we have the scrappy 4-4 Houston Texans visiting the injured 5-3 Cincinnati Bengals at home. The Bengals are favored by 6.5 points. Will Jamar Chase, a game-time decision, play in this game? If not, he joins fellow wideout T. Higgins, who was ruled out earlier this week. This leaves Joe Burrow with Tyler Boyd, Trenton Irwin, and Andre Yosivash, whom he has found with success, however limited the targets have been. They will face off against the Texans secondary, who have been surprisingly stingy. This should be an interesting matchup to watch. Houston's offense will be without Nico Collins, who was ruled out yesterday. Their wideout room looks a little better, however, with Tank Dell and Noah Brown both coming off big games recently. Their running game is basically non-existent, so we should see these guys being involved heavily. While Houston's running game has struggled to find success, Cincinnati's has not. Joe Mixon has been decently productive all year and faces a defense that is ranked close to last in stopping the run. He may be a key factor for their offense in this game. Ultimately, I am going to pick the Bengals to get the win here. Joe Burrow seems to have that fire in his eyes again, and when this happens, he's pretty unstoppable. I think that he will be on full display in this game, and should be fun to watch. Moving on to our next matchup, we have the 6-2 Detroit Lions visiting the 4-4 Los Angeles Chargers at home. Detroit enters this game as three-point favorites. Over the past few weeks, I've been somewhat disappointed with the lack of production from the Chargers offense. But as of right now, I'm coming around to the idea of feeling like they may deserve more praise. The lack of Mike Williams has hurt their deep game, no doubt, but I think they do a decent job of helping out their struggling offensive line and playing to their strengths. Relying on Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler in the short passing game, while hoping Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack wreck house on defense, scoring just enough points to win in these close games. In a way, they're anti-chargering. This strategy has earned teams like the Steelers many laurels over the years. Why can't the Chargers be in that narrative as well? This may be the game to win to earn that distinction. It's a weird thing to say, I know, but it's true. Jared Goff plays way worse outside of Detroit. Since he's returning to LA though, can this even be considered an away game? I guess we'll find out. Their offensive line is playing well, relatively healthy coming off of a bye, and faces a crazy man off the edge in Aiden Hutchinson. This will be an awesome matchup to watch. If Goff has time, he may have a very productive day, 
St. Brown, Reynolds, and Laporta match up well against this fairly average secondary of the Chargers. David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs may have a pick-your-poison kind of day and find success either on the ground or receiving out of the backfield. Overall, I feel like the Chargers may revert back to their old habits and throw the game away at the end of this. The Lions will roam free beachside and come away with the victory. Moving forward with our last game on the watchable games list, we have my beloved 3-5 Denver Broncos visiting the 5-4 Buffalo Bills at home on Monday night. Buffalo is favored by 7.5 points. Now I've seen a narrative floating around that this is some sort of Von Miller revenge game since it's his first game facing his old team as a Bill. I'd like to take the time to quickly dispute this right now. I'm from Denver, I love Denver, and I will probably die here in Denver. He was a huge piece in winning Super Bowl 50 and spreading happiness throughout this town and beyond. But more little known was his impact on the community. He was always at some charity event and his Vaughn's Vision Foundation directly impacted people I know personally. He was a great player here, yes, but he was an even better man. We all, myself included, love and miss him very much. I'm glad he found so much success since leaving the team. If anyone deserves it and more, it's him. Having said that, this current iteration of the Broncos is a far cry from those of days past. I still find it hard to root and cheer for Russell Wilson, so I honestly wouldn't even mind seeing Vaughn come away with a couple sacks here. I do enjoy cheering for Javante Williams and Jaleel McLaughlin, however, and I'm glad they've received a heavier workload in recent games. They may find success against a fairly middling run-stop unit of the Bills. Their passing game will likely struggle down the field, but they could find more production in the short game with Marvin Mims and Jerry Judy. This game is most likely to come down to whichever defense decides to show up for Denver. If they allow Josh Allen to scramble around and get comfortable, this may be a disaster for the improved but still struggling secondary of the Broncos. We should get a solid matchup with Patrick Sertan against Stephon Diggs, and that will be fun to watch. I hope PS2 can come away with a pick here. Overall, I feel like Denver will find a way to keep this close and give their fans some hope towards the end, but ultimately, they will fall short and the Bills hand the Broncos their sixth loss of the season. Moving away from our watchable games list and directly into our speed round, we'll start first with the Colts and the Patriots in Germany. The good run defense of the Patriots against the running attack of the Colts is an interesting situation here. I feel like Minshew and the Colts will make more mistakes than Mac Jones and the Patriots. New England wins in a close one. Moving on, we have the Packers at the Steelers. The Steelers play a typical Steelers game and win with running the ball, throwing just enough to pick up third downs, and playing good defense. They stifle the rushing attack of Aaron Jones and the Packers and win comfortably. Up next, we have the Saints at the Vikings. The Vikings have become a fun story since Josh Dobbs joined the team. Way to turn a frown upside down. I don't think their defense, however, will be able to defend the curveball that is Taysom Hill. Derek Carr and Alvin Kamara dominate midfield and let Hill take it from there. Saints win in some wacky way, probably ref-related. 
Moving on, we have the Titans at the Bucks. Both offenses will take turns tossing wet noodles at each other. Derrick Henry and Rashad White will alternate body blows until someone busts loose for a score. Titans are pros at these type of games and win on the road. Up next, we have the Falcons at the Cardinals. Kyler Murray returns alongside James Conner possibly, and together they make Arizona fun to watch again. The Cardinals get the win at home. Moving on, we have the Giants at the Cowboys. Dallas pins their starters against a bunch of practice squad players and wins big at home. Up next, we have the Commanders at the Seahawks. Seattle will make up for their embarrassing performance in front of the home crowd. The Seahawks win big at home. Lastly, we have an interesting matchup between the Jets at the Raiders. Was the new coach boost just temporary for Vegas, or did it have positive lasting effects on the overall vision surrounding this team? I expect Josh Jacobs and the rushing attack to outscore the downright terrible offense of the Jets. Max Crosby will have like 15 sacks, and the Raiders get the win at home. That will wrap up this episode's speed round. Let's go ahead and take a quick break right here. Alright, welcome back. Before we dive into my best bets, let's do some thinking out loud as I work through this week's betting strategy. As always, let's start off by taking a look at the most productive offenses and see if we can pick out any matchups we can work with. First off, I like the Bills offense against the Broncos defense, but this is a Monday night matchup, and I don't like waiting, so let's move on. Next juicy matchup, we have the Lions against the Chargers. I actually like a few matchups from both sides here. I like Eckler and Allen for the Chargers, Montgomery, Laporta, and St. Brown for the Lions. The Niners and the Jaguars have some intrigue. McCaffrey is most likely good for another touchdown at least. Debo Samuel should be productive in his return as well. For the Jaguars, I like ETN, and that's about it. Either one of their receivers should go off, but it's fairly unpredictable to determine which one. We find a fairly similar predicament with the Ravens and the Browns. The rushing attack of the Ravens is usually fairly reliable, but it's hard to pinpoint exactly which back will find success. Usually Lamar is good for his rushing over, but I'm a little hesitant against this defense. Mark Andrews over his receiving yards may be the safest play in this one. The Cowboys have an extremely favorable matchup with the Giants, but we may have a hard time finding odds that are even worth it. We'll need to take a closer look at CeeDee Lamb and Jake Ferguson's overs. Next, let's take a closer look at any successful rushing matchups we may have left. Josh Jacobs, Kenneth Walker, Rashad White, Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, Taysom Hill, and Najee Harris all have favorable matchups this week. Now let's use this information to form our best bets. My straight five bets for this week are the following. First, I have Debo Samuel to score. Second, I have Taysom Hill to score. Third, I have Derrick Henry to score. Fourth, I have Sam Laporta to score. And lastly, I have Jake Ferguson to score. I'm going to do something a little different this week and do two three-leg parlay bets. 
The first three-leg parlay will consist of the following legs. First, I have David Montgomery over 60 yards rushing. Second, Mark Andrews over 50 yards receiving. And lastly, I have Alvin Kamara over 40 yards receiving. My next three-leg parlay will consist of the following legs. First, I have Austin Eckler over 40 yards receiving. Second, I have Josh Jacobs over 80 yards rushing. And third, I have Kenneth Walker over 70 yards rushing. And that will wrap up this week's Best Bets. Before I leave you, let's move on to my fantasy football advice for the week. My top sleeper picks are the following. Josh Dobbs, Rico Dowdle, Tyler Boyd, Tank Dell, and finally, Noah Brown. Overall, I am a little less excited for these games as I was last week. Let's hope I'm wrong and we get some crazy finishes. And with that, we will conclude today's preview episode. I will return on Tuesday as usual for the full recap. I hope you all have a great rest of your weekend and your teams find success in whatever way makes you happy. I'll see you next time.